Hi, welcome to Life Hurts, God Heals. I'm one of your hosts, Kim Ward. And I'm your other host, Kurt Flagel. And we are excited to bring Debbie Freeze and Andy Rock back for another set of interviews as a follow-up to Debbie's three-part series called Into the Light. In this particular set of episodes, we are asking her to unpack the journey she only mentioned in that story, and that is the journey into integration. She mentioned her multiple personalities, what is now called DID. She has done a lot of work to integrate most of those personalities into her main one. How did she do that? That is the question we are tackling as we get started right now. I know we've done several episodes together already in this season, but if I could just get you guys to do me a huge favor and just introduce yourselves to get started. Uh, my name's Debbie Freeze. I'm Andy Rock, and I'm the pastor at Coastal Community Church, and you are recently our newest hire at Coastal Community Church, and what's your title, Debbie? The Minister of Razzle Dazzle. Legit. For real, it is. It really is. We have the Minister of Magic, he runs our, Matt runs our tech, we have no idea what he does, it just feels like magic. We have the Chronicler of Miracles, Rob, He he does all the finances, and then the bookkeeper is the second Chronicle of Miracles, and so they're first and second Chronicles. <laughs> and Sherrod awesome. is the, the Director of Custodial Arts. And why I'm called the Minister of Razzle Dazzle is I was asked to not come to a church before, like forbidden, because the pastor said we don't believe in those Razzle Dazzle gifts. So now I get to be the Minister of Razzle Dazzle, and so that's kind of fun. Yes, it is. When he said that, we don't believe in those razzle-dazzle gifts, what what was he talking about? He didn't want any of the staff to learn to do spiritual warfare or to have these beautiful spiritual experiences where he wasn't in charge and in control of them. And he didn't like that he didn't know Debbie before all of this happened. Instead of saying that, he's like, oh no, we're not going to talk about angels and demons and spiritual warfare and we're not going to do healing or anything like that. God can do that, but that we're not doing it through Debbie. Then he had a 20-minute conversation with you that next Sunday because he had no idea who you were. Yeah, I think he was expecting me to look like Elvira Elvira or something (laughs) with black hair and trench coats and and things. And he kept inviting me back. And I was like, I actually snuck in here and you forbid me from stepping foot in your church and you are welcoming me now. So it's kind of funny. It was. I didn't go back. No. No, no, no. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. For him. For him. So we've done three other episodes, mm-hmm. and we got to hear a, a lot of your story. The biggest question I still have is, what was that process like of integrating all of those personalities? You went from 240 mm-hmm. to under 30? Under 30. I think the easiest way to explain it would be to explain how this looks from my perspective. This might come across really weird. I don't know if it's my eyes or just my brain or what, but at the top there's a door, and then you open the door and there's a staircase, and then there's another door. So sometimes when I say I'm co-conscious, which means like a different personality is up or I'm up, but another personality can hear, sometimes that means the top door's open and they're on the staircase. And so, or I'm on the staircase, and so I can hear what they're doing, or they can hear what I'm doing, or see what I'm doing. When both doors are open, then it's like full access to all of whoever's down. That's the term I use is up or down. Up meaning 
one using my voice, my eyes, my yeah. body. And down is in the subconscious? Not the subconscious. Down is the personalities are in, are in an area in which they can talk, they can think, they can sleep, they can do all these things. They're aware of what's happening up above if the door is open, or they're unaware and then they'll watch it later on a movie screen so that they can find out who's that person and what's their name and wait, what did we do? And did we wear that outfit yesterday? And those kinds of things. Yeah, so, and they're all ages, so there's, like, different rooms with different age groups. Sometimes they're all in the same room. It's kind of hard to explain, but, I mean, it, it literally looks like a two-story house. Of, like, there's beds and there's... Couches and... Yeah. Stages and for the little kids to do karaoke on. And Music's really big. Some of my alters know every genre of music from the 40s to now. I can take a three-hour car ride with Debbie or with page or another altar and they will sing every song on every station every word because debbie has a photographic memory which means that all of the almost all of the altars have a photographic memory so so if they hear it once it sticks so music is like a big a big deal when i first found out that i had personalities i missed years of time where i was like i know i went to high school but i don't remember being from this grade to this grade and then at one point i was engaged to five different men because different alters were dating different people i literally went almost four years with very little sleep one personality would work the nights at the irs and the other one would work another job during the day so when i first found out i literally uh, slept for about two years i slept probably 15 to 20 hours a day. To this day, I, I go through periods of time, like during Easter, where I sleep maybe 90 minutes a night for six weeks. I can function very well. Where I can, I cannot. <laughs> Nobody can. People be like, oh, I'll stay up with you all day. You know, and I'm like, you might be able to do it for two or three days, and then you're going to crash. And that's always what happens. And it's not anybody's fault. It's just that's how my brain works. I'm like, this is not when I get to sleep. I'll sleep in six weeks, or I will sleep here. So when I didn't know, it was very easy for my body to not need sleep because it was constantly somebody else. Once I knew, that changed tremendously. But a lot of them rarely come up. Some of them come up all of the time. A third rarely come up. Another third come up occasionally. And then another third are up a lot. When I wasn't up before I knew, they would just put me in a dark room. So I didn't really know they were there, but they, they had all these rules and things in place, and they would make lists, and who ate today, what'd you eat, you know. And so I always, even to this day, I write crazy amounts of lists because I'm like, this has to get done. If I'm not up, cross it off if you do it. So I don't redo it. It was one of the things my mom would say when she found out. She was like, yep, you have personalities because you were taking the trash out every 20 minutes and there was no trash. You know, <laughs> you just kept emptying trash cans and being like, I did the trash and you cleaned the bathroom three times in one day. And I was like, that really stinks, man. I could have had a lot more free time. So that, that began the list when I was very young. And then finding out that I had altars and, you know, and I was thinking here I was this Christian, but... My altars all have to accept Jesus. And I will be honest, not all of them have, which is why I quit doing integration, because if the balance that I have in my system is more more unsaved than saved, it's really could be dangerous for me. 
so we've kind of put the pause on and we're working on healing and we're working on getting a couple saved that are yeah. pretty close. Yeah. And they can all sound like me. They all sound very distinct. Andy's really good at knowing exactly who's up. They all text different. Paige, for sure, she texts, like, phonetically. So Paige is the six-year-old. But she drives, and all of them know, you know, I smoke, I'm going to heaven, Jesus is okay with it. But they know, like, if you want to be up, you have to know how to drive or smoke or whatever. So imagine if you were to, if you were to close your eyes and you were to turn around in your imagination then you could open a door, and if you walk downstairs, then there's this big living room, right? And on that living room is a giant screen TV, and that's what it looks like when you walk down the stairs. So if Debbie were to turn around in her mind's eye and open the door, then whatever's happening here in real time, they would experience the emotions of it. But... We close both doors when we're like, you have to be up, both the doors are closed. Right. Um, it's for safety. It's for safety. So Renee is 18 and is is very much angry that she cannot have her lifestyle in the occult. Mm -hmm. And she very much sabotages my life. We have learned that by letting her go have a turn up by the ocean and trusting her to be up has gone a long way. Farther than any, any place I've gotten with her before. So that's been helpful. And you've started to acknowledge the pain that she went through. Which yes. is, that compassion towards her has gone a long way. Yes. And I do need to say that the reason that I did have so many personalities is my mind broke off, let's say, and I made Paige. When Paige was up and it got too hard for her, she had personalities. So she would have five or six personalities. And so then it would either be that they would integrate into her or that they would integrate into me. So that's kind of another step in there where it's not just that my mind broke, but even when my altars were up, they couldn't take some of the abuse. You were going through such horrific torture yeah. at the hands of men yes. that it's either die or a new personality is formed and the trauma of that then is stored with that person. Right. When I first got out, I lived with a family that prayed for me the first night that I got out. They let me live with them and they started getting, especially the younger kids, they started getting um, very attached and they would try to, you know, tell my altars, you know, what about Jesus? And Paige decided, yeah, I want to do that. And they said, well, if you do it, they don't have them anymore, but KB toys. Mm -hmm. They were like, we'll take you to KB toys. And she said, if I get Jesus in my heart, will you buy me the purple eyed doll? And they said, absolutely. And Jesus gave them like literally $2 million while I lived with them. So they bought her the purple eyed doll. And then one of her altars was like, I'll do it if you get me a purple eyed doll. To this day, if you come to my house at Christmas time, I have purple eyed dolls that are in elf costumes. I use them as decorations. And I probably will have them till I die yes. because that's how I got them saved. Right. So, um, and then it turned into some of the older girls were like, well, if you buy me this movie or this book, I'll do it. And I know it sounds horrible, but it was literally bribery. And so all of a sudden I'm living in this house and I'm like, my room looks like KB toys. Like, and I was angry. I just hated it. And then the altars would write notes at night when I was sleeping. They're like, I, I want Jesus in my heart. And it became like this, almost this race. And it was like a daily thing of probably like 50 of my altars. They were like, you're going to buy me something I want. That's my age done. 
your life before that, the little ones, had no real opportunity to have a life or to be a kid. Their life it was just pain. Yeah. Their, their life was was simply trauma. So to have a doll for the first time in your life as a kid, that felt profound for these little ones. So that was how I started getting them saved. How the integration works is... So that book, uh, The Body Keeps the Score, and it's the idea that trauma is held within the body just as much as it's held within the brain and your spirit. Because we're little trinities, right? So mm -hmm. it's held within the body as well. And so you, when you go through a memory... I get all the bruising and the... They don't last long, but I will get the bruising and the rope marks. But I have to go through it. And so what I... And your body will convulse as though it's being hit or being, you know, drowned or, you know... Yeah. So I, I have to go through it. And this took years for me to be able to, to get this process down and a lot of prayer... I had to first see the memory, and I would do that, and then I would say, oh, I'm really sad that that happened to them, and I would keep having to go through it. And then when I was able to say, that was me, and then I would go through it again, and, and then we go to Jesus. You had to do this for each personality. You had to do this memory work. Hundreds and hundreds of times. For each traumatic moment. Mm-hmm go back through the traumatic moment for this personality, then another traumatic moment for that same personality and relive mm -hmm. that. It's like if you read the newspaper and you were like, oh, somebody's, you know, got in a car accident and they died and you go, oh, that's so horrible that happened to them. You wouldn't have that response if you were reading about your own car accident, right? And so there was a very big disconnect for me mm -hmm. from going, oh, that's horrible that that happened to them. And I would have to say that happened to me. There's a difference between going through things that were done to me and going through things that I did to others mm -hmm. that are horrific, just as horrific, if not more so. And that healing work has taken me a little longer because it's really hard to, to say I did that. I was involved in that. This last two weeks of doing all these things in the church, even doing this podcast, is I'm like, I cannot believe that they're letting me do this if they knew if they knew who I was and what I've done. And and so it's just like surreal to me. So those types of memories are really difficult. The fact that you got to be the person that takes the offering and puts it into the safe. I was like, hi, afterward. I because go, I go, I got to put the money in the envelope. They trusted me and I locked it in the thing. And I was so excited. And I was like, I can't believe it. I cannot believe that they let me do that. Like, do they know who I am? And he's like, yeah, you're the minister of Razzle You're not that anymore. And I'm like, they like me here. Like they accept me. Well, for and I keep like dropping things like this is what I did. And this is who I am. And you know, and they're like, okay, we like you still. And I'm like, oh, this has never happened in my life. I'm 50, 53. Yeah. I've never been accepted in a church. Usually people see me and I I grew up in the same church for years and years and people would see me and especially if they knew I could see stuff they wouldn't like even acknowledge me they would all talk to my husband all talk to my children I would be standing there I would literally ask my kids you can see me right but my husband they'd get so animated my kids and I'd be like I'm here right like I'm not pretend like you can see me right and they're like yes we can see you they're just rude and I'm like okay okay I just thought I was invisible can I just uh, say something, just for this part, if you haven't listened to any of the other episodes with Debbie, she's referencing the fact that she sees spirits, and people get uncomfortable right before we recorded. 
she was challenging me if I was really ready to give her permission to... No, no, no. You said, what's on me? I want to I wanna be free. And Debbie's like, I don't think you want to know that. And you're like, yes, I really want to know. And then she <laughs> reluctantly told you to pray out three things, which, I, which we then did. <laughs> and you can name them. I'm fine. I mean, because oh, this... Sure, it's insufficiency, inadequacy, and uh, scarcity. And then, yeah. so, and then fear, so four. And four. performance. Oh, and performance. performance. And perfection. So six. There you go. I was there Sunday when you spoke, and you shared honestly and openly about how Debbie challenged you Friday night during a prayer uh, meeting and how you were broken over that in front of other people. And then you spoke about it on Sunday. And this is why this is important, what you're sharing, what, you know, and even us talking about what just happened before is because that's what scripture says, right, is there are three things that defeat the accuser of the brethren. The blood of the lamb, the testimony of the saints, and that we don't shrink back even from death. Testimony. Being honest about, hey, I'm on the journey too. I, I don't have it all together. Right before this, you had to help me <laughs> with things that I've been struggling with all day. But that's powerful. That's one of the things that scares people a great deal, is they think if she knows all the time. You can ask anybody that really has been around in my life. My very best friend, she she has stuff all the time. And I don't just go, you have this and this and this, fix it or don't talk to me. We can't play Yahtzee until you get rid of, you know, your sloth. I don't do that. Like, that's not my business. And I don't do it with my kids. I don't know with my husband. I don't do it with people at the church. I mean, Andy is probably one of the only people that has ever given me permission. And this is 15, 16 years of us doing and not just exchange work. Like, I, I, I hound you for it. Yeah. Because as a pastor, no one would be honest with me. You know, they'd rather just me have me be in that role. Oh, you're fine. So that was, that was a huge deal. And then also, it, what we've learned from the prayer retreats is that if someone's not ready to get prayer, it, it's like, when they're ready, it's like drinking cool water. When they're not ready, it's like being drowned. Mm-hmm. And I'm really very careful when people ask if I can tell they're resistant. Andy, for years, would say, oh, I don't want to have power and control. I don't want power and control. Get them out of here. And he literally would like put them like they were helium balloons and just like, let him loose right behind his back and then we'd pray and he'd be like oh I feel so much better and then he'd pull the thing back down I said do you want to keep these things on a leash like are they your pets like this is ridiculous I had no idea what they talked like in my own life I had no idea how I was using them in my own life what I meant was when I don't want power and controls I don't want the consequences of them but I never actually wanted to actively trust and feel helpless at times. I never wanted to let other people's free will make impacts that I didn't like in my own life. So if you want to give up power and control, you have to experience those realities. Mm-hmm. And that is, that's a costly thing. Or you can be bound up with power and control. You helped me understand that when I was ready. That's why now I try to tell people, have you heard this before? Is this the thing you're hearing? Because then once you know, oh, that's rejection, that's shame, that's inadequacy, that's what it sounds like, then you can be like, I'm ready to deal with that. But I'm really careful because it, you get rid of something, you're not ready, it comes back bigger. That's that's yeah. scriptural. And I definitely don't want to hang out with Andy with his power and control seven times bigger than it was yesterday. So I'll be like, yeah, we're good. We could deal with that another day. It's not that bad, you know? 
I'll be like, ooh, that's loud. But I can tell he's not ready. And, and that's the same thing like at prayer retreats. A lot of times he'll write down stuff or I'll write down stuff and I'll say, definitely not ready for this. Yeah. I'm really careful about pushing people too far or saying, are you sure you want to get rid of this? You know, are you committed to your martyr? Do you want to have martyr? Because you keep saying, I'm a victim and everybody's out to get me. And I go, that means that you are, you're snuggling with that thing at night. Like that brings you comfort. I can't help you if you want to keep your martyr. You can keep it. That's fine. But I'm not going to tell you you have it to have you pretend to let it go to get it back bigger. Debbie's sobering words provide us a great place to stop for this first part as we explore the journey of integration. When it comes to integration, which the New Testament describes as shalom, often interpreted as the word peace, it actually means wholeness, completeness, the whole integrated being, the fullness of self. What are we willing to give up to experience growing completeness and wholeness? Debbie's words leave us with a lot to think about and pray about. But don't miss the next part because the profound insights she has to share continue. In the meantime, if you would like to get in contact with us, share prayer requests, ask questions, we have a Life Hurts God Heals channel on YouTube. We also have a Life Hurts God Heals page on Facebook. So search us out and connect with us in those two places. And finally, before we go, please remember, from God's perspective, You are his beloved, so choose to be loved. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.